Before we start our show today, a word from our sponsors, Blesk. Blesk is more than just a control panel, granting you full flexibility to customize, manage, secure, host, automate, and control your web projects, as well as any underlying infrastructure. Blesk simplifies the lives of web professionals and gives you star features like one-click staging, cloning, syncing, plus automated mass management of multiple WordPress instances on your server and more. Have it your way. Find out more on Plesk.com. If you create and sell WordPress plugins or themes, you know that only coding features isn't enough. You're going to have to handle taxes, issue invoices, securely accept payments, handle licensing, manage subscriptions, and let's not forget about automatic software updates, and the list goes on. Freemius handles all of those aspects in your business for you. And we've also had Volva, the CEO, on episode 97 of the podcast, if you want to take a listen. They have implemented and optimized all of the best practices, especially for selling WordPress plugins and themes. For example, your free users can upgrade to a paid plan right from inside their WP admin dashboard. When you sign up to sell products through Freemius, they treat you like a true partner because they will only earn money when you earn money, which automatically serves as an incentive for them to help increase your sales. I highly recommend you to head over to freemuse.com mastermind and get a full month of fees waiver when you start selling your WordPress products through Freemius. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mastermind FM. This week I'm joined by Mark, the Team Fusion CTO and Lead Engineer. Mark, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Mark. To those who are listening, we got in touch with Mark through David Scott, who is the PR and Communications Manager of Envato, the marketplace. And we basically did a Q&A with Mark over on WP Mayor which I'll link to in the show notes because this episode is going to be a bit of a follow-up to the questions that were asked there. So Mark, first of all, thanks for taking the time to actually answer the Q&A and to be on the podcast as well. You were welcome. Thanks for having me again. So the idea of the Q&A was to follow up on a massive achievement on your end. Uh, so basically Team Fusion, which is the team behind Nevada. Not only does it have over 450,000 sales and I think over 21,000 five-star reviews, but you hit the $25 million mark in sales on Team Forest, right? Yeah, that's correct. How does that feel? Yeah, well, what should I say? It was pretty amazing, really. And well, of course, we, we, we saw it coming for some time, but well, if you hit it finally, it's always something different. And it, it really, really felt awesome. And we were very grateful and, and humbled by it, in fact. And well, you know, we owe it all to our loyal customer base and uh, to everyone who is enjoying using Avada and also, of course, to, to Envato for making this all possible. So it, it really, really felt great. And, and, and we had an awesome, well, I call it remote party because, you know, we, we are spread all over the world. So it was more or less a party on, on Skype, but it was really nice and, and we enjoyed it. And well, when we started out, nobody really thought this would ever happen. So this really was amazing. Yeah, that, that was actually going to be one of the first things that I focused on during this episode. Was theme, for, theme Fusion sorry, only works on Avada, right? You only have one theme. When it comes to themes, yeah, we only have one. That's true. So 
So what resulted in the idea of just sticking to one theme rather than expanding into different ones? Well, I'd say it is really two sides to it. On the one hand, it won't be uh, just one product in the future. <laughs> All right. We're working on other stuff too, although not really themes. But yeah, there, there, there are things that will come that we think that are going nicely together with Avada and, and WordPress themes in, in general. But when we started out, of course, you start with one theme and, and you try out things and you try to really get to the bottom of what users want and what they need. And of course, then you develop it and try to make it better and better and better. So for, for when you start, you're really focused on that one product. And when then the, the question comes, well, are you going to diversify? Well, then we were in a position where the market was also changing. So what users wanted, what they needed to change, and it was a few years ago when, when it came up that themes in, included different demos, for example. Mm -hmm. And this is what we focused also on. And well, then you have to decide, are we going to make different niche themes or are we sticking with one and are we exploring what we can do with it? And then we decide, well, if we include all those demos, which more or less are something like a niche theme, yeah. then why not do it, why not just do it in, in, in one? Because users want to have the same UI, they want to have the same user experience, they don't want the learning curve for every project to do. So it made sense to do it all in, in one theme. At the same time, we, we focused on making sure that the theme doesn't get bloated. So it was necessary that because Avada comes with a lot of functionality, there's a possibility to turn on and turn off certain features so that regardless of the of the theme you want to or the demo you want to use or, or the, the, the website topic you want to create, you can deactivate and activate different features so that they have still a, a lightweight theme, but also with exactly the contents that you want to get from the demo. And that made sense. And it made more sense to us than then to diversify in, let's say, five or 10 themes. Because if you do that, well, you just don't have the same amount of time to spend on improving things and to take them to a next level. Because, well, you have to spread your time then and you're just not as focused as if you're just working on one. And that's from our side of view, the same as on the viewpoint uh, of users, because, well, as I said, if there's not another learning curve for your next project, you're faster to develop the next project. So it made sense from both sides to us, and that's why we went with this solution. That's interesting. So you sort of kept about as a platform, and then your demos became sort of themes within themselves. I guess even to market... The actual product, it's easier to market one theme with multiple demos rather than multiple themes for different... Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, and, and that's also for other products we have in plan or we have already released. For example, we released our white label branding plugin, which is bundled now with Avada. And it is very, very appreciated by our user base. They, they like to use it. And we believe that one of the main reasons is that it seamlessly integrates with Avada and the Fusion Builder. So it makes it easier for users to do their daily work, which is also one of the reasons why we choose to only do one theme because you can build an ecosystem around it, which makes it a lot easier for users to just stay with these products and do your daily job in a way that is more fun than if you have to diversify like into 10 products or more and everywhere have to learn the basics again. So that seems to make most sense. Makes sense. So it's sort of given you a core product that you actually build on, be it 
demos for the team, be it plugins, whatever it is, you're always focused on that one core product, which now has a massive community around it. Exactly. It's all about doing it as a framework. So making it easier for us to develop new things and easier for uh, our user base to work with the things we develop. All right. So I haven't worked in teams. I always, uh, past years, I've worked in plugins only. So we develop our own plugins, some core with add-ons, some just premium version. So I guess it's comparable in a way to having a core plugin with different extensions, where in your case, the extensions could be more of the theme demos, the different types of themes, right? Yeah, sort of. Uh, I think it's a mixture. The one thing is demos, which you can import with one click. And the other thing is that we also offer plugins. So the one side is Avada as the theme. And the other side, for example, is a Fusion Builder, Mm -hmm. which obviously integrates with Avada, but is installed as a plugin. The same is true for some of the bundled sliders we offer. And also, as I said, the Fusion White Label uh, branding plugin. So we try to tackle it from both sides. The one side is the, the design side, so where the demos come in, and the other side is, uh, well, functionality. And you can't add every functionality to the theme, so to the core, but you can do it in additions and add-ons, and that is what we do because we want to have an, an one-for-all solution so that you just can do any kind of project with our Avada. And that's why we focus on, on both ends there to make that possible for the end user. That's very good. Okay. Now, we mentioned that you have a massive customer base now, a user base. I'm sure that whatever you've been working on now has been influenced by the feedback you got from your customers. That's true. So given the massive user base you have, how do you keep track of customer feedback? Is it just through ThemeForest? Is it through support? How do you do that? Well, there are quite a few channels, actually, where user feedback does come in. As you said, the user base is pretty large. We are approaching 460,000 sales. And just to give you the dimension, we are about 31,000 comments on ThemeForest now. Wow. Okay. And 21,000 reviews, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So from there alone, a lot of feedback and user information is coming in. We also have a Facebook group, which is over 16,500 users now. And there's a lot of interaction among users. Is it moderated by you guys as well? Well, we try to be part as much as possible, but it is not moderated by us. It is a Facebook group that was actually created by our user base for our user base. Okay. So we are part of it, but it's not maintained or moderated by us directly. But there are a lot of ideas uh, come in and are also discussed among users. And of course, we get a lot of feedback uh, through emails. So that different channels where all the feedback comes in, also support tickets, of course. So we get a good idea of what users want and what users need. And we try to track everything, which... uh, isn't always that easy because of all the channels, but our team is doing a quite good job in doing so. Basically, what we do is we have all our repositories for code on GitHub, and we have different milestones for our releases. And apart from that, we do track new ideas, new features, and user requests also on GitHub in dedicated items for that. And if the same uh, item is requested again by users, we basically do a a thumbs up for that item so that we get an approximately an idea of how many users have requested the same thing and how important is it to, to get it into one of the next releases. 
So we try to balance it, really. If we plan a new release, we sit together, have a discussion in the team and think, well, what is going to be needed soon? What do users want? And also we want to get a, a package that does make sense to have in one release. Mm-hmm. So it should be a balanced thing in a, in a release. So what we try is to put features together that fit together, that really have a benefit for the user and also set to set a priority based on what our users request and, and how much has this or that feature been requested. And the more it has been requested, the more we try to uh, give it priority and put it in a release that is coming soon. Has this always been the way you worked or has it sort of changed as you grew? Basically, it has always been the same. We didn't always use GitHub, but, well, that's just a technical detail. But uh, the way we basically uh, tracked user requests has always been the same. So we made lists of some sort to track same kind of user requests and also made note of how many users did request that and how popular is that feature or how popular is that demo or whatever. So that we could make sure that users get what they really want and not just what we think they want. Because we, of course, do have a good idea of what users want because our team is very connected to the user base. But sometimes you could be misled and and thus it's it's always good uh, to have these kind of feedbacks from users and have them tracked so that you know what we're up to. All right. You mentioned earlier um, Facebook. So Facebook's a good... Facebook group, I've seen it used as well um, by others, even with plugins like Beaver Builder and Elementor. They have the same sort of idea of communities through Facebook groups. Apart from the feedback on features and bugs and stuff like that, has it helped in support as well? Maybe reducing the load sort of having the customers help each other? Yeah, I'm sure of that. We also do have a community forum that is moderated by us. So that is on our homepage. It is done for users so that they can communicate among themselves so that users can explicitly help users. So it's not our official means of support, mm-hmm. but also for you so that users can help each other, which does make sense. So which is more or less just uh, an addition to the Facebook group. And I think both channels help to reduce tickets and also to build up in the community because people are, are glad if, if someone else can jump in and help them because he or she has had this, the same issue or had the same idea on how to set something up. And well, it does create a nice drive among the, the users and they appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure it has reduced support tickets. But that's not really the case why why we are doing it. It's rather to, to build up a community and, and to see that the people are happy using Avada. And we really appreciate that they help out each other, which is, I think, which is a very important point. It's not just that you buy a theme and that it has a certain functionality, but also that you have a community among, behind it that gives a, a certain drive to it where you can ask questions, where you get answers, where you get new ideas, where you help in your own project. So that's also a benefit that comes to the user, which is not directly done by us, but through the community. And well, isn't that exactly WordPress is always doing? It's a community-driven project. And so we are happy that it works just the same in our case. Yeah, I think if you look at all the top companies from WordPress, be it plugins, teams, hosting, the ones who have survived and sort of thrive nowadays are the ones which have formed communities in some form or another. Yeah, totally agree there. So yeah, that's definitely a very important aspect. Um, now, 
besides customer feedback and through support and, and those channels, what other aspects can influence the next big feature, big change within Avada or its surrounding products? Well, it's a few things again. On the one hand, there is, it's somehow through the back door, you could say, <laughs> if there is a certain amount of, of requests for a special kind of demo, for example, then we think, well, we should create this or that demo soon. And if we do, well, you sometimes just realize, well, this kind of demo or niche would need this or that feature so that it is really useful and awesome. And then we just built this feature so that this demo really, really makes sense and is a, is a real benefit for the user. So that, that's one point, how things go into our milestones. And well, another one is that we check through the web and see what people in general want, what are the latest trends on the web, what is needed, what is cool, what brings an additional benefit to the user, what makes the life of our user base easier, which is also important because we really focus on making the life of our user base easier and also to make it more fun because while we all know how work is and sometimes it's more fun, sometimes it's less fun, but we think it's important that you also have fun when you work. So it should be easy if you work with a theme and it should also well, it's not going to tell you a joke, but <laughs> it should be fun in a way that it's easy to use, that it makes sense to you and that you can achieve whatever you want and, and that you don't have to reinvent the wheel and, and things like that. And that is what is behind our thinking when we try to come up with new ideas and new features and when we plan new releases. Yeah, that's, I definitely agree there. It's interesting to see how you sort of plan a feature around the use case rather than just feedback. Is it easier to build demos in the sense that, so Avada has the main theme, then you build demos which people can basically download and then have the entire site sort of set up for them and then they can customize it. Is it a big effort from your end to set up the new demos every time? Yeah, it is not an easy task because all our demos are professionally created from a design perspective. You may find a few themes on the theme forest that offer, I don't know, something like 200 or 300 demos. Well, it's not difficult to simply add new demos. What is difficult is to make pixel-perfect, awesome design demos, which really fit the purpose they are marketed for. And that is not that easy. So you need a professional design team and you need to sit down and think, well, what does make sense for this or that niche? What will users want? So it's one side as a design project. On the other side, as I said, it might need a new feature then. And then you take the design and you build it in Avada. That is the part that is great fun, really, because you can really achieve anything you want with Avada. But first, we do a lot of design work to make sure it meets the standards we have so that it is really a great looking demo. And that is the part that does take time. But we think it is needed and we rather have demos that are perfectly designed than having hundreds of demos that look like they are half done or half finished. That's not what we want. So a lot of time goes into all the design details and we love to work for details and to work very detailed. So we can say we are extremists when it comes to details, really. <laughs> 
Because we think the details are what makes the difference. And in that sense, demos can be uh, hard to set up in the first place. And also, and that's an, another important aspect, is they need to be set up in a way that when a user imports it and users import our demos with just one click, that it can just work with it. So it should be intuitive. So you have to think about what will the average user who is going to use that or this uh, niche do with it. So how can we make it after he imported it very easy for the user to work with the demo and to adjust it to his or her needs? And that's what we also focus on. And these two things together mean a lot of work when it comes to planning and to implement it. But when it's finally done, then then it's just one click import and you are done and set up. That's very good. So, so you start completely design from scratch. You don't even start sort of with a base of Avada in mind. You just start with a brand new design and then you build up. Yeah, it's brand new designs that are done from our design team. So all the coloring, how is the header going to look like, which logo is going to be there, which sections are needed, which pages are needed, and so on and so on. So this is all done uh, from scratch in Photoshop. And then the design that was mocked up is set up on Avada so that it can easily be used by the user base. You mentioned to sort of think about how the user is going to use certain parts of the site. Do you design that and then start to make changes as you think of certain different use cases? Or do you sort of reverse engineer it? That you think of the use case, you first think of how the user is going to be using different parts of the site and then design. Well, we do have quite some experience by now, so... Usually, we, we already know what users will have in mind because the workflow of the average uh, agency or of the average freelancer doing a website is similar. But of course, sometimes it's right on the way when you realize, well, it would be better to do this or that in a different way, which would make it even easier for the user. Of course, that happens too. But yeah, we try to think about these things uh, beforehand. But yeah, as you said, sometimes it can just happen on the way that you say, well, let's do it in a different way because that would make it easier for the user. So let's do it. That also happens. So it's both ways. It's, it's something we've seen ourselves with ADD Bookings. We built the new plugin and we released it about a bit over a month ago now. And as we started to get feedback from users and people actually using it, you start to understand a little bit more of how it's actually going to be used. So even though we did a lot of research and we had a previous version out as well, there's certain aspects which you wouldn't think about unless you're thinking of the specific use case. And that's what, what triggers it. Yeah, exactly. That's also happening to us, of course. Well, that's good because you're always learning, you're always changing, you're always building something better at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's that's one of, of the most important things. You have to keep your curiosity and to look uh, how things working, why are they working. But that, that's not just uh, limited to the, the creation process of demos or new features in about it. It's just a general approach in life. I think that does make sense. If you keep yourself curious and, and try to find out things, that also keeps your creativity flowing. Yeah, definitely. It's something I, I used to struggle with in the past until I started working in WordPress and getting involved in the community. It's something I struggled with in the past to actually stay curious and constantly learn new things. But let's just get involved in listening to podcasts, reading books, 
articles on the web. It starts to influence both your personal life and your work life. You start to see the benefits on both sides. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're always interviewing different people. So that, that alone is a source of uh, new input. So that it's, must be awesome, really. Yeah, it's cool because even just today, just what you mentioned now about the creating different demos for every single use case that comes up, that's already got my mind thinking about certain ways that we can introduce something like that in our own product in some way or another. So even though it's plugins or themes, these type of things sort of trigger new ideas as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not that different, really, if it's a plugin or a theme. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you guys have a dedicated design team, by the way? Yeah, yes, we do. Maybe I can just tell it the, the short story because it, it explains it very well. Sure. When you started out at, at the Theme Fusion, as the name says, we are working on themes. But the second part, Fusion part, comes from the fact that the company was founded in 2012 by Harris and Luke. And Harris was always a developer and Luke always has been a professional designer. So there the fusion part comes in. So it was already started as a, as a company with a designer and a developer on board. And that hasn't changed since then. So Luke, who is, who is still our CEO, is a professional designer. And we also have a, a team of designers that do an amazing job when it comes to designs for demos and also for designs for user interface and also feature design that is later on developed by the development team. So your focus has always been sort of the, you kept the best of both worlds in the very beginning. Yeah, it it was clear from the beginning that you need both worlds and that you need a good combination of them. You need good design and you need very good development too. And if you just do one, well, we don't believe you will get the product you could have if you have it from both worlds. So design is as important as development is and extreme attention to detail is as well. And if these two come together, so the design aspect and the development aspect, then it's also easier to focus on the details because, well, the designer sees sees things differently than the developer. Mm -hmm. So it is good to have them both because then you get the whole picture, which you don't really have if it's just a one-sided thing. Yeah, it's something we we learned, I guess, the hard way last year. In the beginning of rebuilding the bookings we tried we had the right development ideas but in terms of design we're trying to do them internally and i have a bit of a background in design but not in web design or anything like that or user experience or user ui ux design and we tried to do things in-house and we spent a few weeks on it to be honest and we didn't really get anywhere we never had something which we were really happy with and then we introduced a designer for about three weeks professional designer and that changed everything and we got a new perspective on how the plugin should work, not just how it should look. And that made changes, which now resulted in a much better plugin, which can be extended in so many different ways going forward. So just that three or four week introduction of a designer, it was an Irish designer, Danny Watchorn. Just that resulted in a massive difference to the direction that we were taking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not just, and that is what, what people in the end product oftentimes don't see. It's not just that the designers do what you see on the front end or what you see in a demo, but a lot of their thoughts go into how the UI should work and what the workflow of a user is because they just see it from the design perspective. And a lot of our users, well, let's face it, they are designers. So that is very valuable input we, we do get and we appreciate it. And honestly, we wouldn't be anywhere without the design team. I can imagine. Even now we're working on new features for the bookings. And as we're working on introducing them, the first thing we do is design it because we need to design 
we sort of start designing the maximum of where it can be and then try to break it down as simple as, as possible. So to make it as simple as possible. At the end of the day, the user is just going to see an ICUI which does what he needs to do. But to actually get there is not just one attempt. It's some, starting with something, building on it, building on it, and trying to break it down. So the fact that you have a design team in-house, I can see how that definitely benefits the product at the end of the day. Yeah, I totally agree there. All right. So since you're, you, you, are you split sort of 50-50 in the company between design and development? No, 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 no. <laughs> of course, yeah, as I said, it, it started out like that, but now we have different departments. So it, it's not just development and design because you do need more departments if when, when the company grows. Well, I think the development department is now uh, twice as large as the design department and the largest department is our support team. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess that it will be the same in almost any bigger company. Because, yeah, if you have a, a huge customer base, you will have quite some support volume. So you, you need professionals that are taking care for the customer. Yeah. At the end of the day, when it's an established product, it's support which keeps driving it forward. Definitely. They're the important ones. I, I say the same about the design team, but it's also true about the support team. We wouldn't be anywhere without them. They, they're valuable and very important. I mean, it's also for user connection. They, are, they have the closest connection to the user base, of course, because they talk to them on a daily basis and see their needs and see what could be even better. So the feedback we get from the support team is very, very important for us too. Do you ever have the developers or designers get involved in support from time to time? We do have uh, the development team involved in the support from time to time, especially after releases. So if we have a major release, we, we make sure that, that everything went as it should, that there are no uh, issues there. Well, I mean, of course, there will always be a few bugs, you know, but that there are no big issues. And uh, that's usually the time when the development team is also doing some support to make that sure. And if something happened, that they are going to fix it right away, which thankfully, is usually not really difficult in the sense that we can just release a patch. And the patcher is actually one of the coolest features of Avada because we can simply release a hot fix for any kind of issue within minutes when it's fixed. So it's not really needed that we do a new release and that user have to install another package, but it can just within Avada download the patch and yeah, we got that back through that. So that is really, really nice for users. And of course, when the development guys are doing support after release, it makes it easier to, to spot issues and to fix them right away. And is it just to spot issues and bugs or is it as well for the... So basically, in the past, I've read about this and I've, uh, I'm going to implement it soon with, with, our, with our own team. And the developers from time to time spend the week in support to understand how the users are making use of plugin in our case. And Yeah, definitely. So keeping connection to the user base is very important. And it's there are different means to it. One is that... Uh, also, the development team is doing some support from time to time. It's also by checking what is going on in our community forum and also to read along in the Facebook group to check if there are any cool new ideas or what are the latest needs of the users. So everyone of the team tries to stay connected to the community. So to the Avada community specifically, but also to the WordPress community in general, because we, well, as we said before, 
WordPress thing is a community-based, community-driven approach. And we try to live up to that because we, we see the, the huge value in it. So everyone in the team tries to stay connected. Yeah, I think even having that many channels in your case, since the community is so big, it makes it easier for, not easier, it gives more opportunity for the developers to know what's going on rather than just being involved in support. Yeah, definitely. All right. So you mentioned there's about double developers, there are designers, and you have the support team, which is big as well. And then probably with marketing and everything else. But as the team started to grow and grow, as you started adding more team members, how did you manage to continue delegating tasks and managing all the little projects that are going on? Yeah, it is a, it is a challenge. Most of us working here at Theme Fusion, they didn't work in a large company that was managed by just individuals. And we are doing all it all ourselves. So that is something you have to get used to, especially in a, in a remote company. Usually you work either in a small company or you work in a really huge company and you're not really involved in all the management stuff and what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just different in our case, really. So everyone in the team is more or less involved in different things that, that go on within the team and within the company. So it's a bit of a different approach. So it's also has been a learning curve for all of us on the team. As we grew, as I said, we started out just as two and I was the first one who joined then. So we were within a team of three and from there we grew to, to a team of now 20 team members. And you have to get used to that. And one of the things you see is, well, you do need to, to structure the whole company you do need the departments as I said before well you have the design department you have the development department then you check well do we need more developers to reach our goals do we need more designers the same with support you know yeah of course support increases when sales increase so you have to make sure that the design team uh, that the, the support team is large enough and then of course something that is also very important then and it is often missed from what I've seen from other uh, creators is uh, that you have a good uh, documentation and and good product documentation is really really vital for users that they know how to use different uh, aspects of the theme that they find whatever they are looking for. We try to do uh, things that are straightforward and easy to understand, but sometimes it's good to have a documentation. So a documentation team uh, becomes important as well over time. So this is also something we currently have. And if you see, you see we, we have several departments, which means you also need some sort of management department, finally, where all stuff comes together, where things are planned out and are distributed to the different teams. And this is something else we found is necessary. So we have now a, a management team that tries to keep up with all the different departments and to make sure that everybody has the information he needs and that everything is streamlined and working as it should. Yeah, I was going to follow up with how do you manage to maintain quality, but what you're mentioning, the organization to different departments, at the end of the day, that's that's what's going to help you maintain that quality because everyone's focused on their own work, but there's one or two or three people who are overseeing the entire procedure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's an important point. We have set it up in a way that we have a management team, which consists of four people. So that's Luke, our CEO. We have Michael, or well, I should say Michael one in that case, because it's two, <laughs> who is our CMO, who is responsible for company management and marketing. We have Michael too, 
who we internally call MC. He's our lead developer by now. And finally, me working as the CTO of the company. And we are making up the management team of the company. And for every department, we do have a, a team lead. So that also helps to streamline the process and to keep up good communication, which, as you said, at the, in the end of the day, makes sure that everything works and that the quality level is kept where it should be. I like to hear stories like this where it's not just a, like a random growth over time. It was sort of pre-planned. Everything was structured along the way. And you can see the benefits of it now. I mean, hitting $25 million in sales doesn't just happen. I mean, you need to have the right structure and the background to be able to achieve that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it also means you have to sit down and, and think, well, what do we really need and what could be better? And that's just what we do from time to time. And that is what the management team does to make sure of. It's not always that clear or or easy to see. So it needs a lot of thinking. And of course, it does need adjustments from time to time. But it is well worth the the effort, really, because in in the end, you, you get good results through that. And for anyone listening, I mean, this doesn't just apply to companies like Team Fusion, which are growing to 20 team members or more. We're, we're a, ourselves, we're a company which has right now really four full-time members, including myself, who are constantly working on the products. Um, I have two developers, myself as the one managing everything, and then I have one support member right now as we'll be expanding that as well. And even in our case, we still have myself who's leading the same way that he said the CEO would lead. We have a CTO and Miguel who's managing all the development side and leading the development. And then you have Ren working in support, leading support. So even on a much smaller scale, the same thing needs to apply. Because if you don't, you're going to lose track over time. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, you just need some sort of structure to make sure everything is running smoothly. Yeah. All right. Um, I wanted to mention one thing, which I read in the Q&A. You mentioned the mentality of preferring to release a well-engineered and fully mature product rather than be the first to, mar- to market or the first to have something. First of all, where did this mentality come from within Team Fusion? Yeah, as I said already, we do pay extreme attention to detail and we do believe that anything we release should be a matured uh, piece of software because we don't build it just to have it, but we build it to make the life of our user base easier. So you, you don't just build some, well, some do, but we don't. We don't build something to just have it or that we can market it. Because, well, where's the benefit for the user? It is a headline and often it's nothing more. And this is not how we work and not how we think that a product should be marketed or that a product should work, really. We believe that you should have a real benefit if you use a certain product. So we think if we release something, it should be fully matured. I mean, this is always just the same kind of dispute you have if you think about the big companies and the mobile phone market, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> there you have the companies that always want to be the first, and then you have the companies who just do it right. And we believe it's just more important. Of course, as I said in the Q&A, well, it comes with a slight disadvantage of some people who think, well, others are, are more en vogue, but we really don't care about that because we care for the real benefit of our user. And that does sometimes mean, well, it takes a bit longer to have it well engineered and fully matured. As we talked about it earlier, a lot of thoughts run into it. Mm-hmm. And then you can't always be the first in every aspect because it's a very fast changing industry. So there are a lot of fronts that are always open and you try to 
have everything uh, where it should be. But sometimes it just takes a little longer to do it right than to just do it. And that's why we prefer to do it right then because, yeah, as I said, there has to be real benefit. Otherwise, it's just a headline. And on the long run, you won't sell headlines. Exactly. I was going to say, it, it depends on the company and how they're looking at their products, whether it's a long-term goal or whether it's something short-term. Because if it's short-term, yeah, you go for the first to market and you try to get some sales through that and then try to build after that. But if you're looking at the long-term solution and the long-term product and a few years down the line, then engineering it right is going to help you later anyway. Yeah, 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 definitely. You, you can also see it on, on, on user feedback. If you read reviews from different products, you will see if users are usually disappointed because because something was marketed, but then it's just not working in the way it was marketed, or if it's just not working flawless, and, and so on. And we really want to avoid it. Of course, we make mistakes too, and there are sometimes bugs that, of course, does happen because it's software and it's the nature of software. But when it comes to real features or, or the overall product, well, we try to have a, a solid thing out there, a solid product out there. And we believe that this makes all the difference on the long run. And if you want to really have loyal customers, and that is what we aim for, because only if you have long-term customers, you will know what they need and what they want. Because if they just change every few weeks or every few months, well, you won't ever get connected to your user base, really, because your user base is simply just all over the place and changing. And that's not what we want. Of course, we want to get bigger audience all the time. That's, that's for sure. But the real valuable feedback for new things and product uh, improvements, they do come from the, the loyal user base. And that you only get if you have a solid product with uh, solid solutions. I think that, that's something we saw with bookings. We had gone through a lot of research through other plugins, looking at their support, the reviews and everything else, and comments on articles about booking plugins and so on. And there were a lot of plugins which marketed a lot of big features, but at the end of the day, they probably focused on the first to market idea or trying to catch up and build something which was not as extendable or as usable as they thought it might be. And when we released the bookings now, we released a very basic version because it took us so long to build that basic version but to build it in a way which allows us to build on it for the future a lot quicker. So now that we're introducing features, it takes much less time. Yeah, and it is a really benefit for the user in the end. And I mean, it's, if you're talking about EDD, it's a really, really, really well-designed and well a product in itself. So you just see the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not today, but you may say tomorrow. So on the long run, it always pays off to go for quality. I mean, we've had people who contact us and to comment on our post to say that the plugins shouldn't have been released because it's too basic or it's too early. <laughs> and in, in terms of features, if they're looking for a complete feature set for their use case, it might be. We admit that. We tell them if this is what you're looking for, it's not what we have right now. But if going forward... If we took the short route and sped everything up, we would now be at the stage we were in two years ago and we had to rebuild this plugin because we built it in a way which would never allow us to continue adding features fast. Yeah, yeah. We're in a situation where adding a new feature creates a million other bugs and then you have to spend time fixing those bugs and so on. So it made no sense. Yeah, I see. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. But I mean, this is also, to me, that is sometimes a bit weird because if the user just gets what is marketed, mm -hmm. well, then why complain afterwards? I do understand it if, as we said before, if something is marketed that isn't really working then in the product, well, I understand that users are disappointed and that they bring it up in the feedback. Exactly.
That's clear. But if you just market what the product is really capable of, well, if that doesn't fit into a specific project of a user, why buy it then? Yep. Some people just decide to comment anyway. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, you, I, you I can tell the stories well. about user comments and feedback. Well, yes. <laughs> I think that's a few episodes in itself just with those. Yeah, so, so, some, some, some feedback can be, well, let's put it conservatively uh, interesting. Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> All right, Mark. So we're about 50 minutes in already. Well, I wanted to discuss a bit, apart from just the product and team fusion on Nevada, a bit about WordPress in general. Sure. So from your answers to the Q&A, which as I said earlier, I'll link to from the show notes anyway, I could see how passionate you've become about WordPress and its community. Given sort of the achievements that you've had with Nevada and team fusion in the past few years, where do you think WordPress in general fits within the web industry today? Well, I believe that the figures they speak for themselves anyways, don't they? I mean, mm-hmm. WordPress is depends on the source, but it has a market share between 25 and 30%, which is, I mean, unbelievably huge, isn't it? Yeah. So that alone shows how, how versatile WordPress must be because otherwise it, it wouldn't be the case. Of course, there are content management systems out there, but I think that the number two and three together don't get or get roughly to 10% market share. So that really can't compare to WordPress there. And of course, there are a few other solutions out there that are not based on on a framework like WordPress, which are good too. But well, I think they have their specific use case and that's it. WordPress can be used for anything though, and it scales. So it can be used by a freelancer who is working alone and doing websites. And it can be used by huge uh, agencies and enterprises to do their projects. So that's one of the things that I really do like about WordPress. It's super scalable. You can do anything you want. And as we said, well, the community aspect is very important. You get a lot of help. You will find uh, themes, plugins for whatever use case you have in mind. So you're never alone, really, because you have products to help you and you have people who help you to solve the problems and who help you to use those products you bought or that you downloaded just for free, which is also a nice thing to have. Of course, that's true for, uh, for example, I don't know, uh, Joomla also too, but the WordPress community is, is simply larger. So the chance that you get just what you want is is much bigger. Also why I would always prefer to other solutions like, for example, uh, Wix or, or Squarespace or something like that. Yeah, I think the, the community I think is a bit different within WordPress and within Squarespace, Wix and whatever else. Yeah, you definitely. There's, at least from my experience, it seems really friendly, even conferences and WordCamps, even just on Online, even Slack groups or whatever. There's a lot more openness and friendliness among everyone. Totally agree. The community aspect is maybe the single biggest benefit that WordPress offers. And then, yeah, the extensibility and the flexibility of WordPress mm-hmm. also come into play. So I think it's just a framework of choice for all the aspects we just named. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So before we close off, do you have any experiences from working or speaking with the community which you'd like to share? Something fun? Yeah, basically, um, WordCamps are always really, really fun. We enjoy meeting the guys, the community at WordCamps. What, what is good is that we are spread over all over the world in that sense because we can go to different WordCamps all over the world. 
<laughs> and so you, you meet different people and that's always great fun. So if one of the audience has never been to a WordCamp, I definitely recommend going there. It's awesome to see the community and to connect with people. And as you said earlier, it's, it's a very friendly community and you can see that firsthand if you join a WordCamp. Yeah, to round that up, uh, just maybe one example, it's from WordCamp Europe of this year in, in Belgrade. Mm-hmm. We, we have one development team member, Philip, who is living there. So it was easy for him to go there. And uh, we do have uh, company t-shirts. So with the Theme Fusion logo on it. And at the end of the WordCamp, uh, he, he got to talk to a guy who was standing next to him and then saw his t-shirt and he he was really, really crazy for Theme Fusion. Don't ask me why, but he was really, really happy to meet someone from our team and they had a, a nice conversation. And at the end of the conversation, he just asked Philip, well, that might be unusual, but will it be okay if we just exchange t-shirts? <laughs> so, so they did a, a t-shirt exchange just like after a soccer game or something <laughs> so so that, that, that was really that was really interesting because it's it's like a celebrity for for two minutes or something like that <laughs> which was great fun I, I never heard of that happening at the world cup to be honest yeah yeah me, me not either <laughs> i was surprised too <laughs> giving away t-shirts maybe i'm taking one of someone's back that's new <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, it, it shows that uh, what, what you said earlier, that, that the community is friendly and yeah. that you, you easily get to talk to people and that they are happy about WordPress and what they do uh, within the WordPress community. Yeah, in the last WordCamp I went to was in Vienna. I actually saw that the photo we used in the Q&A was of you and forgot your colleague's name right now. Ari. Yeah, when you were both in, in Vienna and I didn't even meet you guys there. There was that many people that year. But that year I was, those was my first WordCamp and I was walking around with Jean Galea, who's well known for WPMR obviously and aggregate there and as you're walking around in the piazza of where we were there are people walking up to him to speak to him take photos like everyone recognizes who he is and a few actually recognize who i was even though i was sort of a bit new at that time and it, it's a, an interesting feeling to have that sort of recognition for the work you're doing even just by walking around yeah yeah definitely it is i, I totally agree which is why i recommend going to WordCamps. yep now WordCamp Europe in Berlin next year. So that's the next big one. Yeah, we definitely we definitely plan on going. Several of our team members will be there. I have plans too to go there. So I'm looking forward to see the community out there in Berlin. Hopefully we'll meet up there as well. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, I think we're done for today. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. And before we close off, actually, where can people find you and obviously Avada? Yeah, well, they, they can easily find us on the Theme Forest page. Since we are the, the number one seller there, it's, it's easy to find us under the top sellers page. Always on top. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they can find us under themefusion.com. And yeah, I, I don't know, but if you want, we can share a few links in the show notes, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Which makes it easier for the guys to find us. Absolutely. All right, Mark, thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Uh, was great fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.